I'm Jay Carr. This is The Great Cloud. This week and the next are going to be a little different. Until now, all of the stories have been written by me, but I wanted to take a couple episodes to introduce you to a book that has been very important for my life and the creation of this podcast. The book is titled Not By Sight, and the author is John Bloom. Each chapter of this book tells a story in a similar way to the stories on this podcast, and then has a short reflection on how to apply it. These chapters were originally written as letters to supporters of the ministry that John co-founded called Desiring God. It was about eight years ago that I first received those letters. They came at a time in my life when I was struggling in many ways. The message of those letters encouraged me, and the method in which they were written made me interested in the Bible again and helped me renew my relationship with God. This week, I'm bringing you the first chapter of that book. Next week, I'll bring you the last. I encourage you to pick up a copy and read all of the ones in between. The sea was quiet now, and there was just breeze enough to push the boat along. The disciples were quiet, too. Andrew was steering. He had taken over for Peter, who sat wrapped in a cloak, exhausted and lost in thought. He had been soaked to the skin. A few others were bailing out the remaining water. Jesus was sleeping again. James leaned on the bow gun wall, watching reflections dance on the gentle waves. James knew this sea. He and John had spent most of their lives on or in it. His father was a fisherman, so were most of his male kin and friends. His memory flashed the faces of some of them who had drowned in unpredictable Galilean windstorms like the one that had pummeled them barely a half hour ago. A seasoned boatman, James was not alarmed easily, but he knew a man-eater when he saw it. This storm had opened its mouth to swallow them all into the abyss. Terror had been in John's eyes when he grabbed James and yelled, We have to tell the master! They stumbled to the stern. How Jesus had remained sleeping while the furious surf tossed the boat around was itself a wonder. They woke him, screaming, Master, master, we are perishing! James would never forget the way Jesus looked at him. His eyes were at once potent and tranquil, no trace of fear. Laying aside the blanket, Jesus rose to full height on the rear deck. James, fearing Jesus was about to be pitched overboard, reached to grab him just as Jesus shouted, Peace! Be still! No sooner had those words left his mouth and the wind was completely gone. The sudden hush of the howling was otherworldly. The waves immediately began to abate. Each disciple stood where he was, looking dumbfounded at the water and sky and each other. Jesus' gaze lingered for a moment on the steep hills along the western shore, 
Then he looked around at the twelve and said, Where is your faith? He had looked right at James when he said faith. Now, as James leaned on the bow, he turned Jesus' question over and over in his mind. Where is your faith? When Jesus first said it, James felt its intended rebuke. Didn't he trust God? He thought he had. But the storm proved that all the confidence he felt when the pressure was off was fair-weather faith. The Galilean westerlies had swept it away. He felt chastened and humbled. But the more James thought about the question, the deeper it dug into him. Where is your faith? Where? My faith is in what I see. My faith is in what I feel. When the storm hit, I trusted what my eyes saw. I trusted what my skin felt. I trusted the violent force that was tossing the boat like a toy. I trusted the stories told by my father. I trusted the tragedies I remember. I trusted the power of the storm because storms kill people. Is that wrong? Up until a few minutes before, this would have merely seemed like common sense. But Jesus had changed everything. James looked back to the sleeping Jesus. He looked almost the same as when the storm was raging. But which had looked more powerful then? What his eyes saw? But which really was more powerful? Jesus had killed the killer storm with a word. James felt fear wash over him again. But it was a very different kind of fear. He thought, who then is this? As James looked back down at the water, the psalmist's words came to mind. For I know that the Lord is great, and that our Lord is above all gods. Whatever the Lord pleases, he does, in heaven and on earth, in the seas and all deeps. He it is who makes the clouds rise at the end of the earth, who makes lightning for the rain, and brings forth the wind from his storehouses. James trembled. What Jesus did for James and the other disciples when he quieted the storm was a fear transfer. One moment they feared the storm, and the next moment they feared Jesus with a holy, reverent fear. This storm was a gift from God to them because it taught them just how powerful Jesus was and deepened their faith in him. And it prepared them to weather other, even more deadly kinds of storms that lay ahead of them. When the storms of life hit, they almost always appear stronger to us than God's word. It is crucial for us to remember that our perceptions can be deceptive. When circumstances strike fear into our hearts, the question we must ask ourselves is where is your faith? What God wants is for you to trust what he says over what you see.